Welcome to Vit Friends Podcast, Living Life and Love. This is our 10th year hosting on the Blog Talk Show, uh, Blog Talk Radio Show. Um, you have to excuse me. Today has been a very interesting day, if you haven't known uh, or if you don't know. And um, here in North Carolina, we actually had a an earthquake. And it's kind of rattled things a little bit, but we are doing well um, here, and we just pray that everyone is safe and doing well And besides everything else that's happening in our nation. But um, BitFriends is a national vitiligo support community that was founded by Valerie Molyneux, and I would like to wish Valerie a happy birthday. Her birthday was yesterday, and uh, we just want to wish her a happy uh, birthday weekend and that Valerie, continue to do the great work that you're doing in the vitiligo community and with the support that you're gaining around the world. Let's continue to push our cause, um, and we're so thankful for everything that you're doing for us. Um, I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm one of the group leaders uh, for our North Carolina vitiligo support group. Um, This series is designed to give our brothers and sisters with vitiligo a platform to share their stories about living with vitiligo and also share their experiences with dating, relationship, as well as love. Now, I wanted to do things just a little bit differently um, today. I wanted to have a conversation about the importance of education in the lives of those living with vitiligo. And in doing so, I would like to have some discussion about uh, meeting meeting the needs of our students, how to support families, as well as staff that live with vitiligo. Now, on my call today, I have Kim Stotts from Fox Row Elementary School. Welcome, Kim. Thank you. I'm so glad to be a part of this program today. I'm really excited about our discussion. Yes, yes. So just to, just to shut up for our listeners, uh, Kim and I have worked together at Fox Road Elementary School. Um, I consider Kim a mentor, whether you know it or not, I do. Um, <laughs> and I've watched the way you interact with our students. And um, so I wanted to have you on board because you have been placed in um, – unique situations with some of our students. Um, And just to let our listeners know, we're going to try to avoid mentioning names of students, but we may talk about a few situations, but not necessarily names. Um, But before we get started, Kim, would you like to tell a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, My name is Kim Scott, and um, I have been an educator for approximately 12 to 13 years, I would say. Um, I started uh, my education uh, journey, education, uh, I guess, instructor or teacher, uh, as a second uh, job. I was uh, working in insurance at one point, and my husband watched me with my own children and other people's children, just so involved in their learning and all of that. And he suggested that I get my master's degree in education. So at age 40, with three children in tow, married. Uh, I you know, pursued that, and so I've been doing that for many years, and I started off in Boston uh, working in the inner city, very, 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 very tough group of kids, but uh, kids are right. kids no matter where you are, um, and when I came here, ran into some of the same kids, just different locations. Um, so I've been at Fox Road since 2012. Uh, that's when I moved to uh, North Carolina from Boston, and um, I love Fox Road, uh, love that environment of learning, the, the, the support, all of that. And I've been so fortunate to work with you, Mark. It has been a real joy. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, now, 
speaking of Fox Road, and and I wanted to have you on board because I know every school system, every school has a unique story. Um, but I can only speak on what we experienced at Fox. Um, just to set it up for our listeners, um, we had or we still have two students with vitiligo, one severe, one not as severe. Uh, we had I actually had put down one parent, but I forgot about another parent. I had a um, a brief conversation with. So we had two parents, two students, a former custodian had vitiligo, and then there's myself. And I'm thinking, wow, that's kind of a unique situation. Um, and now I've, I had conversations with both parents. One parent was very open to talking about his vitiligo. The other parent um, did not want to have a discussion about it. And I understand that because I was that person as well. Uh, regards to the students, one student was very secure with their vitiligo and the other student not so secure. Um, at least not in the beginning. Now, uh, last year I started doing presentations, students. I did it for second grade and I also did it for fifth grade. And second grade was in honor of the student without even mentioning the student's name or mentioning vitiligo. I shared my story and talked about my struggles and, you know, what I had to deal, deal with with vitiligo and how I overcame it and just really open up the dialogue to the students. And in doing so, it completely changed her outlook. And I guess what I want to do is you and I just really talk about, as educators, you know, we have that power to make change, but if we don't know it, how do we do it? And I guess um, this is what I wrote, and, and I want us to kind of talk about this. Um, I wrote, the student that visually stands out in your classroom might be the child who is invisible to an entire school system. Now, if you would talk a little bit, because I know you've had some unique experiences with students with various challenges. True. Um, and let me tell you, the, the, the thing that has been consistent with every student that um, I come in contact with is building and establishing a relationship with that student. Um, even more important is building and establishing establishing a relationship with that family. And when I say family, I say that because maybe it's not the mom or dad, the typical home. It could be a grandparent. It could be an aunt. It could be an uncle or aunt that's taking care of the child. You never know what that child's home life is like. But it's important to, um, and I, let me mention also the grandparents, um, it's important to establish a relationship with them because that child may talk to the parent or grandparent or family member, but not talk to you. And so you need to have that open communication so you understand that that child is feeling some kind of way and you don't see it because you have, you know, 10, 15, 20 other kids in your class that you may not notice right. uh, the struggles this child is going through. So I think that uh, it's, you know, really important to form that network with that family, but really to sit back and watch the children, watch the students. They say a lot with their body, with their gestures, with their what the words they say or don't say. Um, and you really right. need to just kind of sit back and let the kid be themselves. Don't sit there and try to conform them into the school environment. I mean, yes, you do want them to follow the rules and all of that, but that kid needs to have the freedom to be themselves, um, whatever they, right. that may look like. You know, and, you know, I've had kids that you're like, whoa, that's who you really are, <laughs> you know. But you right, right. figure out, okay, that's who they are, 
but that's all, that can also be a strength. So let's figure out how we can make this work in our class environment. So whatever, however that child is, that's their strength. And when you establish that kind of relationship with that child and that family, the biggest thing that happens is that there's trust there. Um, because the parent is not going to talk to you if they think that they can't trust you with that information. They're not going to tell you anything if they think you're not even going to do anything right. about their child's situation. That child is not going to come talk to you unless they feel like they can trust you with their deepest, darkest secrets. You know, and I always right. have, Mark, you probably see me do this, I have these one-on-one conversations all the time with kids. Uh, that I could have right. watched them do mm-hmm. something that was concerning or act a certain way that was concerning. And at recess, at lunch, at different times, I'm like, you know what, can, can we meet? Can we talk for a second? Right. Or, you right. know, where, if we're playing on the monkey bars or, or whatever, I go to where they are and make myself accessible to them and know that, you know, let them know they, I want to hear what they're, what's going on with them. And, um, you know, I used to have kids that would say, Miss Dodds, we need a lunch break. I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, so right. even though it's my time, I give up my time because that child needs to talk. And sometimes exactly. I think they talk to me about things that maybe they didn't even talk to their parent about. And so I had to, right. because I had that relationship with the parent, to say, hey, this is what I'm hearing from your child. You know, maybe we can figure out a way to help your child. So that is not just for vitiligo, but that's for any kind of struggle that these kids are going through. And the right. child that may not have an outward appearance of a struggle, they may have an inward have an inward struggle that's going exactly. on. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, um, the particular child that I did the presentation for, you know, she, she has vitiligo, mm-hmm. and it's around the mouth. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. she didn't want to go to school. She didn't, she didn't want to come to school. She would argue with her mom in the parking lot. Uh, she didn't want to go to lunch. She didn't want to go to recess, you know. And sometimes as educators, we take that as being defiant, not understanding or not knowing what that child is internally going through. I understand it because I went through that. And, you know, that was my struggle for 20-some years of feeling, you know, you don't feel like, beautiful like the other kids or you you don't feel like a part of the group or you feel like an outsider and what was right. interesting um at lunch she would see me but she would stare and she'll give me a slight uh wave you know kind of like a i see you but i'm afraid to speak i get it <laughs> um yeah but the parent reached out to the school psych- psychologist she reached out to me and asked me what i'll be interested in talking to the parent the parent was afraid to talk to me because she didn't know how I would feel about talking about my vitiligo. And I, and I get that, too, and I understand that, too. But once I did the presentation, when I say it changed that child's life completely where she would high-five me, she speak, I mean, like, speak, like, wow, you have a voice for real, you know. And there's a bullet point I want to talk about. You know, although this is a child's experience, what they're going through, how do we educate the educator to understand about the challenges or I'm not going to say a disability, but what our kids are going through beyond what's normal. You know, there are certain, you know, disabilities, there are certain challenges that we definitely know kids are struggling with. With vitiligo, I feel like it goes hidden because you see it physically, you go, oh, that child has something wrong with their face and or their their skin, their hands, or something, and you ignore it from there. You never try to dig deeper to find out how does that child feel, you know. So, what what can we do, or how do we educate our educators? 
So I'm so glad you brought that point up because something that I have always believed. Um, now, when you're when you're learning to be an educator, um, you take a couple of child psychology classes or psychology classes. Um, let me just say, I really do believe that it should be an ongoing professional development because there's right. so many things going on that we need to understand the psyche of the kids. We need to understand that sometimes when the behaviors we see are just an outward um, show of what's really going on on the inside, and it may not be their right. sincere feelings and thoughts, it just may be their only only way of reacting to something that's going on within themselves. Um, Exactly. I, I really, you know, and I, I think that that's something that really needs to happen is like the, 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 the school psychologist or someone in the district needs to be, you know, following up with these teachers and making sure that there's some kind of professional development to understand the psyche of kids um, that they're teaching. And with everything that's going on now, you know, we definitely need um to have a better understanding of, of the struggles these kids are going through um, and need to make it a right. point to, to really get to know the kids. Um, you know, when you talked about how the child, you know, didn't talk and, and then started talking, one of the things right. that, uh, you know, I pride myself on is making sure that every, I, I understand the little quirks. So, you know, not, I don't mean that in a negative way, but, you know, everybody has their little quirks. But I try to understand right, every child's right. little quirk, you know, whether they're really quiet, they speak really lowly, they or whatever. And right. my job is not just to educate them about reading, writing, science, math. You know, my job is to think about how do I bring that person out? How do I build their confidence in themselves? So then I look for ways to get them to speak louder, to get them to be comfortable talking in front of people, to get them to see their own net worth, so to speak, see their own value and really puff them up. And that's what I've seen happen with my students. And that has that needs to start right. like day one with the students. Like, you know what? You're important exactly. to me. Get to know those kids' names. Get to know their family. Get to know their cultures and the way they do things. Like all everything about that child is important and needs to be incorporated in their day at school. They need to feel like when they walk through that door in your classroom that they are welcome. Today they made some crazy choices. You know what? Let's right. wipe that clean. And sometimes I have some kids, all right, you know what? I don't know what happened at home. I don't care what happened yesterday. Let's shake it off. And we literally shake our bodies off. Like, let's shake it off. Exactly. It's a new day. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. You know, and so you have to have that kind of mindset with the kids. But the educators really have to uh, want to know who these kids are um, and really right. want to know that it's not – it's beyond the teaching. The teaching is going to come. It's going to happen. But you have to create an environment um, that kids know that you care about them, um, that you sincerely love them, and that you sincerely want right. the best for them. Um, and then you're going to see that. You're going to, you're going to see them feeling um, okay with sharing. Right. And that connection is very important, building that rapport. Um, I, I think sometimes as an educator, we have it on a – book level, you know, I studied about this child or this child's behavior, but sometimes you have to put the book aside and really dig deeper to understand the child, why they act this way, what's really going on. And honestly, some kids are not going to open up to you immediately, but in, in, in two, it, it, it's how you approach it. Um, 
like had I gone directly to her and said, I have vitiligo too and blah, 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 that wasn't the approach. That could have pushed her further away. The approach was I talked about myself and my struggles. And to watch her face light up to say somebody else understands why I don't speak or why I don't want to go in the cafeteria or why I don't want to go to recess, you know, it – it, I think it just really opened up her eyes and say, you know what, somebody else understands it. Somebody else gets it. And yeah. and I wanted to talk to you because there's a possibility you may have her next year. Well, this in okay. a couple of weeks when school starts up. Um, yeah. And just knowing that after she's come out of a shell, we don't want her to go back in, you know. And she couldn't possibly go back in. That that's the thing with vitiligo. You might have yeah. a high moment. You might have those low moments. Um, even though we work together, you may not even know. I have, I've had my days where I'm high. I'm like, yes, I'm good. I'm good. On my days, I'm like, yeah. uh, I'm all right. You know, and it <laughs> happens. Um, yeah. Now, school-wise, um, and I've been brainstorming and thinking that we need school-wide awareness. It would be nice if we could do it through the whole school system, but yeah. within the school itself, let's say Fox Road, I feel mm-hmm. like as educators, we have the resources to do awareness and bring it out to everybody, you know, in so many different ways. Um, right. Just off the cuff, you know, just what are some ways do you think we can possibly bring awareness to what vitiligo is and how it affects students, you know, as a school? Well, I think we are very, very blessed to have you, Mark, because you are someone that is not speaking from a, um, you know, a book sense about people that have been legal, but you're someone that is experiencing. You can speak from experiential uh, type uh, standpoint as far as what it's like. And so we're very blessed to have you to just, you know, speak to um a whole grade level or whatever. And I think that's important. If you know that there are kids <laughs> that are going like, like, you know, right. this child is coming to third grade, that would be a great opportunity to come talk to a whole third grade about this is what's right. up with this right. disease, you know, and, you know, so that kids will understand when they see that. Uh, case in point, I had a student that um, had Down syndrome. And um, I knew that she was coming, and so the mom was proactive in giving me books about students that have Down syndrome so I could do a read-aloud with my students. And Mm -hmm. after doing the read-aloud, the kids' attitude towards this little girl totally changed. And it wasn't that they were treating unfairly or, you know, treating her in a wrong and a bad way, but they just didn't have any kind of basis of understanding about her situation. But after reading that right. book, they were like, oh, now I get it. Because we can't assume right. that kids know what we know. They're, they're young and they may not have experienced anything like that. And so we have to teach them. We are responsible for teaching the kids and some adults <laughs> um, right, exactly. You know, what to expect from this child, the psyche that they're going through. We just think that it's something like the vitiligo is something like kids having acne, you know. And believe right, it or not, right. kids with acne have, have issues too. I grew up with horrible exactly. I had horrible acne. Yep. And so I had that same low self-esteem. I had that right. same feeling like I didn't want to be seen anywhere. And, you know, felt like as I got older, I had to cover it up. And even in my 20s, oh, I can't go right. anywhere unless I got my makeup. 
face cover. You know, so there are there are right. a lot of conditions that our bodies go through that we have similar experiences as, as vitiligo. And so I think everyone needs to be made aware of that. Um, and just to backtrack for a second, Mark, you talked about sharing your own experience. That's something that I do in my classroom too. I let them know my weaknesses. I let them know the things that right. are my pet the things that upset me, the things that excite me, the things that I love, you know, because the kids need right. to know who I am in order for them to open themselselves up to who they are. Uh, they need to know that, exactly. hey, I'm exactly. not trying to act like I'm high and mighty. No, you will see me trip a few times. You see me, Mark. You'll see me trip. You'll see me drop right. things. You'll see me make mistakes. <laughs> I may do a math problem wrong at first, and then like, wait a minute, I didn't right. even do that yeah. right. And they correct me, which is excellent. Mistakes are the best way to learn right. math, you know? And so the kids need to see that. And, you know, adults need to stop acting like they're on a high pedestal and that they never make a mistake. Exactly. We all have our we all have our mistakes. And so, um, yeah, that's, I think those are things that are important. Okay. And, and you know what was interesting? When I did the presentation for fifth grade. Um, fifth graders truly opened up about their experiences, you know, and you were, I was actually shocked from some of the things the kids said, nothing bad, but opening about, you know, childhood friends that, that had vitiligo and why they acted that way. I didn't understand it. I just thought they were being mean. They didn't want to be around me. Now they're like, oh, I get it. I understand it now. Now I wish I yeah. could reach out to my friend and talk to them again. Um, right. Even some staff, you know, you all see me at the school. You know, I'm walking. I'm, you know, I'm good. Hey, everybody, blah, 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 blah. I can be on stage acting, but they didn't know my struggles before that. Um, right. And they were shocked, like, do you have struggles? You you dealt with that? Yeah. You know, I just didn't show it. And that's one thing with some people with vitiligo, they won't show the struggles on the outside. Our struggles on yeah. the inside. And mm-hmm. that where the challenge comes in, if you don't know the person, you don't build a relationship, they're not going to share with you that I'm having a hard time today. It might right. come out as I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I'm sad, leave me alone. Or I'm depressed, you know. <laughs> And um, exactly. and like you said, as as educators, we have to be able to lower ourselves to actually say, you know what, I'm human. I have issues too. I have mistakes too. You know, and I and I've had a child say that to me. Adults don't have issues. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> you just don't know, buddy. Uh-huh. Um, but because they think that we are up here and not realizing, you know, we deal with the same thing. We just deal with it right. on a different level because we're adults and we have more experience handling these things. Now, um, supporting our parents, because I think that one of the challenges, too, because parents don't know what to do when they have a child that they see are changing. Um, what do you think are some things we can do just to support our parents and, and support that may have it like, well, not, not just talking about myself, but we may encounter other staff that, have the same thing. So I, you know, as a parent, I know that um, even though my children are my children, I don't know everything about them. I don't know sometimes that they're having a hard time um, at school or that they're struggling with something. And sometimes it doesn't manifest itself at home, but it manifests itself at school. Um, And I appreciated it when, you know, I had a child, you know, struggling with something and the counselor called me and said, mm-hmm. this is what's going on. Uh, just wanted to make you aware. 
And so I think that as a school, we have a responsibility to say to the parent, this is what I see going on. You know, let's right. talk to our school counselor. I've had I've had a parent and just said, hey, I know you're you're struggling with this. I know you're you're quite not quite sure what to do uh, about this child's behavior. How would you feel about meeting with the school counselor, you and I, and so we both can figure right. out how we can best help this child. Um, and I think that we, you know, it 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 led to uh, a better relationship with the parent, and it led to the right. student having better uh, behavior because that child understood that everybody was on the, on the same page and that um, across the board, they were going to expect the same consequences, the same conversations. I was going to know what's going on at home and uh, the parent was going to know what was going on at school. We were talking constantly, you know, and so um, I think that's really important. Um, And let me just say this too. If it is to a point where, the parent, the school, whatever, they can't handle what's going on with the child's psychological being, I strongly suggest counseling. I do strongly suggest right. that. Um, that's what it's my own child. And I know there's this stigma with with that, but I, I don't know. I, I somehow believe that the stigma is kind of lessening the, the, uh, its grip on people right. because I think people are realizing I can't do this by myself. You know, I need, to, I need somebody to help can. talk me off the limb. <laughs> right. That is true. So, so true. I, I think that even if you are someone who is an adult with vitiligo, you are a, a teacher, a parent, whatever, with vitiligo, if it's to that point, you need to figure out what are some coping mechanisms, what are some things I can do. I've done that myself. Right. You know, going through uh, anxiety, didn't realize I had anxiety until my body reacted. And I was like, oh, my God, right. what in the world is right. this? I was having a heart attack. I thought I was going to die, you know. And uh, my doctor was like, you need to talk to a counselor to figure out why you're having this. And so I did. And right. I'm okay now, you know, because I feel like, okay, they taught me some coping mechanisms. I know when that anxiety is happening with me now. And so I know how to deal with that. So I really think that you need to really, the most important thing is to communicate. Just really start having those conversations that lead to actions that lead to uh, progress as far as what's going on with you and your mental psyche. Absolutely. And that's one of the pushes that we're doing with Vitiligo Awareness. We're going to run short on time. But with Vitiligo okay. Awareness, we're really trying to get it out there that, you know, this is what it is. This is how it affects us. You know, this is how it affects families. And here's what you can do to support us, you know, um, until, you know, we can come up with a cure and, you know, all these different things. But uh, the, the support is very important. And for the educators out there that are listening, you know, build that relationship with the parents. Build it with your school, so maybe with your principal, so maybe your principal could say, you know what, let's have an awareness event. That way, um, we can help support our students, and not just with vitiligo, but you know, once you start putting that awareness out, other disabilities, other challenges that students are having, they'll probably feel open to talk about it. You know, right. and like you said, get our right. counselors on board, a uh, little bit of everybody, um, and that right. that's the start. Um, but that's not the end game. That's the start, though, you know, and uh, and that's right. what we're doing as a national organization. And with our podcast, you know, we're really getting the message out there. So make sure you share this with um, our fellow coworkers. Um, you can share it on our 
page. You can share it on your page. You can share it at the school website. Because uh, I feel like everyone needs to hear this conversation across the country. Yeah. Um, okay. So I greatly appreciate you coming on board. Yeah, our time is running short. I just got the little uh, message how much time we have left. But, Kim, I thank you. I appreciate it. You know, make sure you and your, sta- your family stay safe. Um, and I guess I'll see you at work next week. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Yes. Thank you very much. And you take care. Have a good weekend. Right. The rest of your weekend. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. I would like to thank our listeners for listening in. Um, everyone out there, please stay safe uh, from the heat wave that's happening, from COVID-19 and everything else. Uh, make sure you always tell your friends, your family, and everyone that you love them. Take care of yourselves, and you have a great Sunday. Take care. Have a wonderful day. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.